Friends, I'm Monty Church. We welcome you today to the beautiful northwest part of Washington State, near the Skokomish Reservation. This is an area that was inhabited by our tribe of native people that were hunters, fishers, and gatherers with a nomadic lifestyle. They had a rich tradition, and still do today, of craftsmanship, particularly in their use of bark from the cedar tree to create baskets, hats, and many other useful and beautiful works of art. It's here today that I'd like to share with you a part of God's plan to make us truly the happiest, most joyful people on earth. In order to accomplish this for you and me, it is God's desire and a part of His master plan that we become generous people. Because, you see, the rewards of generosity brings the greatest joy and happiness to us that we could ever know. Generosity is a gift that our Creator implants into our hearts and minds if we'll just let Him. The Book of Heaven assures us, God is the one who will multiply your benevolence and increase the harvest of your kindness. He will continue to bless you so you can continue to bless others and your generosity will cause many to give thanks to God. To introduce our exciting study today, I'd like to have you meet a very dear friend of mine, Virginia, who lives here on the Skokomish Reservation. What she has to say will be thrilling to you. She has a very unique gift in her amazing handicraft, which I think is so cool. I thought you would like to see what she does with a special talent which turns out to be a powerful example of Christian generosity. It has prospered her and richly blessed her in her outreach and service to others. My name is Virginia Farron, and I belong to the Squaxin tribe and the Skokomish tribe, and I, I don't belong to the Yakima tribe, but I have part Yakima blood in me. What does your native name? Klasitsa. How do you spell that? I don't know. <laughs> I never, I, my grandmother never taught me native things. Maybe I know ten words, five to ten words in my native tongue. Um, they, that was back in the day when they, the Indians got beat for, they had to give up their languages and everything. So my grandmother never taught me those things. You asked me about generosity. I don't really think about it as generosity because I don't want no, any good things about me. I want it to be about what I know about Jesus and, and what he's done for me in that way. 
I just do it back because he says we got to be more like him, you know. And so that's I just just give to people and don't even realize it. I do that. Kindness can be expressed by taking in people and and loving. You love just love everybody, you know. God has blessed me in how I do my crafts because I think I've told you that I can't read and he gives me the talent to know how to use my hands. This is one of the hats I'm working on right now. I make a lot of urns and I sell them and that's where my investment money goes to. You can use it for anything you want, but it, I made them for urns. This is, this is my biggest, biggest thing I make, you know. So that's what I do. I'm sitting here making this hat right today. And I give it to God's work and I pay double tithe. And and if anybody doesn't realize how much double tithe is, that's 10% of the income. And, and that helps me with my expenses in my home. And so I want to do God's work and not my work. I took a lady in when, she, when I had before my house fire. I took her in. I had a five-bedroom, two-story house. And took her in. She had two, four boys, or two boys, and uh, she stayed with me a week or two. I don't know. And she, she was here just the other day, and she says, "You know," she said, "the things you taught me way back then." She said, "I still think about them today." And I told her, I said, "No matter how hard it is, you can keep on pulling on your bootstraps," because I said bootstraps because I always wore hip boots. I said you can pull on your bootstraps and wade right through the problems you have. You know, and she she thought about it. She's been thinking about it and she's an old lady now but she's thought about what I said to her. You know, and she told me she was thinking about killing herself. And I told her, you can't do that. I said, you know God loves you and he wants you to be ready to go home with him. And yeah, I said, just keep pulling on your bootstraps and you'll make it. And so, I don't, and I, how many people I took in, I couldn't even begin to tell you. I, I don't know. I, I'd have to really think about it, but I don't think about it. You know, I just take them when I need them, when they need something. I made a hat special for Johnny Cash. I went and bought the hat and, and Stetson and, and beat it on it. And get, we took it to the Puyallup Fair, and the guy says, he said, uh, give it to me and I'll take it into him. And I said, no, nobody takes this hat into him but me. And so I took the hat in, and he was like a kid with a new toy. He was so, so excited to get that hat. And so he's uh, at one before we left. He said, how much I owe you? And I said, nothing, nothing. And he said, give me a open invitation to go to his home anytime I wanted to, but I never had the money. <laughs> you can hear my chickens cackle, and we have chickens and dogs and cats, and we share everything, you know. I have to buy their food for them and everything, and God's never let us starve. We always, always have, you see me, I'm not skinny. <laughs> I've always had money. I. I remember one time I went to church and I had a, uh, $2 in my purse. And I thought, what do I do? What do I do? I gotta buy milk for my kids. I gotta buy bread for my kids. And in my mind I thought, 
God will bless me. He'll make it. He'll He'll give me the money. So I put my last two dollars in church offering, and I don't know how I made it, but I made it. You know, so that's the way I've always been. I've just that I think about what God's done or what the Lord's done for me, and I just thank Him. I thank Him. There are millions of people today who would love to have and to experience the joy and the peace and the fulfilled life that Virginia knows. You see, the reason why generous people are such happy people is because of what they experience and the wonderful blessings that come their way when they share their talents and their resources with others. One of the blessings of generosity is that God rewards kind, giving people with a guaranteed promise that their own needs in life will always be taken care of. The Book of Heaven assures us, have a giving attitude in all you do, and you'll get back more than you give. God will return blessings to you abundantly, packed in and flowing over. Whatever you give to others will be given back to you. Millions of generous people have discovered that you can never outgive the Lord. God promises that he who is merciful and lends to the poor will never see his children begging bread. Also, you will find a true fulfillment in life that you will never know in any other way. The Book of Heaven says, I tell you the truth, everyone who loves me and wants to help spread God's good news will receive his reward. He will receive 100 times more satisfaction than money brothers, sisters, mothers, children, or property can give him, and he will be given eternal life. Meaning, you will understand much more clearly as you reach out to help others how you are personally loved by God. You see, when we reach out to help those who are down and out, it helps us to realize how our Lord has reached down to help us and is still willing to help us when we were down. Just think of it. God's generosity and love for us was so deep that Jesus gave up heaven to come to this earth to rescue us and to give his life on the cross to save us from sin and death. Can you hear our geese moving south? What amazing, generous grace our powerful Lord has for us. There's another lesson we will also learn as we step out to be generous that goes beyond just giving money, and that will reveal what we're really made of. This has to do with the unhealthy prejudices and judgmental attitudes that we may have in our hearts. That is why you and I need God's help. It's a good thing to ask yourself, how willing am I to help others who may be of a different culture or who goes to a different church than I do? How about dealing with people who may be drunk most of the time are trying to help those who seem to always slip back into their old habits no matter how much you do to help them out. Jesus pointed out that heaven's inspired generosity looks first at the plight of others and not at the social status or the character of the person. Jesus illustrated this in a story that he told, a story that we all know well, the Good Samaritan. You see, the Samaritans and the Jewish people didn't get along. The Jews looked down on the Samaritans as Gentiles and enemies, yet that didn't stop this generous Samaritan from helping a man in need. 
The Samaritan didn't care about racial differences or how unpleasant the man's situation was. All he cared was that here was a person in need and he stepped out to do something about it. We have all seen situations where others experience unfortunate circumstances, but often we also witness those who bring problems upon themselves. It's hard at times to know what to do, to help or even how to feel sorry for them. This especially hits home when you see it happening to your own relatives. We may even reason, well, they should know better. This reminds me of the wise words of our chief Seattle. Never forsake the plight of your children, even those of your wayward daughter. Friends, that's generosity in action. And this is what God would have us do too. Being generous by serving others in difficult situations helps us understand better what God's generosity is like and how mindful He is of us in our needs, no matter how far we have fallen or how tangled our problems may be. God is always willing to cover our sinful mistakes with His forgiveness and His perfect robe of righteousness. That is why He told us the amazing story of the wayward son who left his father's house, took his inheritance, and after wasting it for years in a life of debauchery, he finally returns home broke, dirty, and ashamed. It's found right here in the Book of Heaven. I encourage you to read the whole story sometime. You'll find it very thrilling of how the father treated his wayward son. And the wayward son arose and came home to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran to receive him and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I am sorry. But before he could finish, the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For I thought my son was dead, but he's alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Amazing love from the father to the son. And friend, that's the way God loves you and me, no matter what we've done. Our Heavenly Father's generosity towards us inspires us to be like Him. But because we live in a world where most of us struggle to make ends meet, we often feel we must hold on to what we have in order to survive. We feel we really don't have extra to share. So what are we to do? Perhaps this brings us to the biggest question of all. Exactly how do I become a genuine, loving, generous Christian? This brings us to the main principle that our Creator would have us understand. And that is, my friends, generosity is a God-given gift. And when we open ourselves to Him continually and keep ourselves abiding in Him, He instills that in our lives. Because of sin and its results in this old world, we are naturally selfish and self-centered. But something wonderful happens to us when we open ourselves to the Holy Spirit's leading. God performs a miraculous change of heart in our lives as a result of letting Him direct our thinking. The Book of Heaven assures us, I will give you a new heart 
and put a new spirit within you. I will take away your heart of stone and give you hearts of compassion and obedience. You see, it's the gift of a new attitude that He implants in us. It is just like God's attitude toward others. It goes beyond what we naturally think about others in any given situation. He actually gives us a new mind and a new way of thinking that yearns to be service-oriented and sensitive to people's needs. Now I'd like to share with you another guiding principle from the Book of Heaven. Generosity isn't always about giving money. Genuine generosity, as we pointed out, is an attitude, a way of thinking. It's generally caring and loving that only comes as a result of our constant surrenders of self to Jesus and to the leading of God's Spirit. Now, generosity can be expressed in many ways, such as helping a friend or neighbor accomplish a task that is hard for them to do alone. You can share your God-given talent to help those in need who may not have your abilities to solve a big or little problem. Sometimes it's just simply giving of your time to just listen to those who need to unburden their hearts. You may not always have the answer to their concerns, but when they see you're there just for them, knowing that you care, this is the greatest gift that you can give that person at that moment. There are countless ways to serve. The opportunities to be generous and helpful will come to us. We don't have to go hunting for ways to help others. By asking God for wisdom to realize and see proper ways to be a blessing to others, He will make it clear of what to think and what to do in each situation. Trust me, I know this from personal experience. I promise you that God will place these opportunities on your doorstep and make it a part of your natural behavior to genuinely respond with kindness and generosity. The Holy Spirit will give you wisdom in dealing even with the unlovely and those hard to get along with. Before I understood this concept, I used to struggle at being accepting and gracious toward people that I knew were dishonest. But when I learned to open myself to the Holy Spirit's leading in these situations, I found myself feeling genuinely sorry for them. Even though that I can't always believe what they say, I found myself being open to them, praying for them, that somehow they would allow God to correct the error of their bad habits. Now there's something of great importance about this whole subject. Our native culture is a very observant culture, meaning we study closely the behavior of people. We can read it in someone's eyes, in their countenance or body language. We can spot a phony a mile off. Native thinking has always been like that. You can always know a genuine Christian by the way they consistently treat others. You can accurately tell whether actions are only for self-interest or generally for the good of others. In the same way, Jesus knows who he can trust to save eternally and who is not safe to save. God sees by our response to him and our actions towards others what we are really like. He longs for us to allow the Holy Spirit to make us loving and caring like he is. You see, we don't act generous to show how good a person we are or to earn our way to heaven. It comes by deliberately allowing God to make us that way. 
He admonishes us in the Book of Heaven. When you give to someone in need, do it quietly. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. The kindness and love a person shares with others, or the absence of it, is an indication for how God will judge mankind before He comes again. You see, it reveals to Him who He can trust and cannot be trusted with eternity. In other words, those who are safe to save would never wish for the ugliness of sin to cause harm to anyone else in heaven. They long only to live eternally in a land where people truly care for one another. This brings me to the illustration that Jesus gave in Matthew 25 about the sheep and the goats. He talked about in judgment who he can save and those who he cannot save. You see, our love for others are represented by the sheep that he could save, but the goats are those who are self-centered or those who do not care for others but themselves. These people he cannot trust with the kingdom because they're not allowing him to lead them. People who live by the laws of love, kindness, and generosity have allowed the Spirit of God to help them to see that the laws of God are only loving laws of protection and freedom from self-destruction. And so today, because of their love and appreciation of God's leading, they naturally wish only to live that way. But they also long to help others who don't know this truth for them to see it too. They are willing to do whatever it takes to bring the good news to the world. This is true generosity at work. But to be a generous, loving person, we must choose to depend on the Creator to make us this way. Trust me, when we honestly open ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, something miraculously happens. For God instills in us the gifts of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This action of allowing the Holy Spirit to guide and change our thinking this way also brings us to one of the most thrilling aspects of the Gospel. The Book of Heaven tells us, There is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. What a wonderful promise that reveals the way our Lord thinks about you and me. The gift of generosity is powerful. When we truly open ourselves to God's leading in dealing with others, we will learn to treat others as special. It's then that their eyes and hearts will be open to see the reasoning of the special love Jesus has for them too. This kind of love for others will reflect Jesus through you and automatically be seen in your action and your countenance. The Book of Heaven says, You are the light of the world. Listen to this inspired statement. Love is the basis of godliness. Whatever the profession, no man has pure love to God unless he has unselfish love for his brother. But we can never come into possession of the Spirit by trying to love others. What is needed is the love of Christ in the heart. When self is merged with Christ, love springs forth spontaneously. Friend, when you submit your heart to God, He will not only make you a generous person, 
but also do other marvelous things through you for others that you never dreamed possible. As we come to the close of this episode, I'd like to have you remember, God isn't wanting me to change into a generous person as a means of being saved or in order to be saved. This personality trait comes as a result of my openness to God, knowing we are already saved and covered by the substitution of Jesus' righteous life and death, so we can take us to heaven when he comes again. Then God, in a twinkling of an eye, will restore our lost health and weakened bodies and minds to take us to our heavenly home. It's all a gift to you and me, and this is all completely free of charge. All we need to do is accept it. Friend, I invite you to receive it. Just come to Jesus and say, come into my life. I open my heart to you just now. As we daily remember these wonderful facts of God's love for us, we will be asking, then what can I do to show my thankfulness? And also, how can I be more generous and kind like my loving Savior Jesus? The good news is that these wonderful character traits are given to us from God above. And I want that, don't you? In closing, I'd like to share with you a poem that I've always enjoyed. It goes like this. There was a man they thought was mad, cause he gave to others all he had. Why he was always happy and never sad was because they didn't understand that the more he gave, the more he had. And until next time, let only the good spirit guide you.